BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Joe Biden did not declare war on Donald Trump last night. Joe Biden did something far more important and far more courageous than that. He declared that Donald Trump had declared war on America. Twice, Biden took the oath of office of the vice presidency of the United States and said, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And at the first inauguration of a president since Lincoln in 1861 that was threatened by traitors within our midst, Biden took the oath of office of the presidency. And on that day, he said, I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. Last night, Joe Biden fulfilled those oaths. And he accomplished something that an amazingly large number of those who heard him speak could not manage to do 
to perceive that when much of the partisan political structure of this nation has become a threat to the rule of law in this nation and to the very existence of representative government of this nation, it is not political to say so. It is above politics, beyond politics, and in spite of politics. My maxim in 25 years of covering news and politics in this country has been simple. Every problem that has ever been solved has only begun to be solved on that day when somebody stood up and said, this is wrong. This will not stand. We must fix this. And that is what Joe Biden did last night, which dovetails to a point I made first on Monday night here and now will repeat. The most powerful thing the president can do in this fight is to mainstream the truth. Joe Biden used ugly words last night because right now the truth is ugly. He invoked insurrectionists and white supremacists, extremists and extremism. He called out the mob and violence as a political tool. He called it not normal. He called it darkness. He repudiated lies told for profit and power and blind loyalty to a single leader. He brought up Charlottesville and a dagger at the throat of our democracy and rioting in the streets. And he named names. Thank God he named names. The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself is within our power. It's in our hands, yours and mine, to stop the assault on American democracy. This was that rare presidential speech in which the sum of the parts may be less than the whole. The phrases are everything. The words are everything. He said what had to be said and not be said by you or by me. As I mentioned Monday, every phrase he used last week in the semi-fascism speech, last night in the We the People speech, will be repeated and normalized and reported and become the measuring sticks by which the peril of the present hour is qualified and quantified. And it underscores the peril of the present hour, that a startling swath of the political media in this country could not comprehend what Joe Biden was saying, nor why he was saying it at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Political media in this country is a closed industry that understands only its own past and its own language. It cannot be flexible. It cannot respond to new threats. It is unable to function without first shoving everything that ever happens into one of the dozen or less templates that are the only things it can comprehend or process. People from CBS and NBC and ABC and the AP and the major newspapers all struggled with the newness of Biden's approach last night, as indeed they all struggled with the newness and new evil of Trump's approach. But CNN deserves to be singled out. 
We know it has installed a former hatchet man for Joe Scarborough as its new president. We know its new owner thinks Brett Baer of Fox News is not only not a biased propagandist, but a role model for journalism. And three of its correspondents apparently know all this as well. Before the speech, an anchor named Poppy Harlow demanded an apology to Republicans. During the speech, anchor Brianna Keller said, whatever you think of this speech, the military is supposed to be apolitical. Positioning Marines in uniform behind President Biden for a political speech flies in the face of that. And CNN reporter Jeff Zeleny wrote, doing it against a backdrop of two Marines standing at attention and the Marine band is a break with White House traditions. And one wonders where Keller and Zeleny were when Trump staged the 2020 Republican convention on the White House lawn or when Trump staged 100 rallies with police and military beside or behind him and still does so. One wonders if Keller and Zeleny know that the two Marines standing behind Joe Biden at Independence Hall are stationed there, and they were there before Biden arrived, and they were there after he left, and they will be there again today. And one wonders how desperate people like Brianna Keller and Jeff Zeleny and the others at the other outlets could be how desperate to stay on TV that they could apply both sidesism to a speech by a president trying to keep them all from winding up having to read only official state-approved news that compliments Donald Trump. You can't love your country only when you win, Joe Biden said last night. Again, he had said it in January, too. It is so resonant especially when you hear something else said about the January 6th insurrectionists. I will look very, very favorably about, about full pardons. If I decide Amen. to run and if I win, I will be looking hmm. very, very strongly about pardons. Amen. Full pardons. That well-deserved. I think that's probably going to be the best, because even if they go for, for two months or six months, I mean, you know, they have sentences that go a lot longer than ah, that. Years and but years. But we'll be looking very, very seriously at full pardons because we can't let that happen. What's happened here, at, and I mean full pardons with an apology to, to many. That is what Joe Biden was addressing last night. The scum that is Donald Trump dangling mass pardons in front of traitors in an online interview hours before Biden's speech. I'm going to thank Donald Trump for something. You may want to sit down. Thank you, Trump, for proving Joe Biden's point. Though, and by the way, Trump appears to be on the odd-even plan. If you heard that carefully, on odd-numbers days, he suggests he may run for president. On even-numbered days, he says he already is president, or should be proclaimed so immediately. In yet another interview, Trump did something strange even for him. His new legal team, in its response to the Department of Justice in the special master's suit in Florida, pointedly never stated, suggested, or implied that Trump had ever declassified any of the documents Trump stole and took to Mar-a-Lago, nor did his lawyers claim to. That was especially telling in so much as the DOJ had stated the same thing in its filings. The lawyers on both sides agree. Trump had all the documents and Trump did not declassify them and has not legally claimed that he did declassify them. That is called, in layman's terms, a confession. So what did Trump immediately do after all these filings? He insisted 
he did declassify the documents. A lot of people think that when you walk into my office, I have confidential documents or whatever it may be, all declassified. But I had confidential documents spread out all over my far floor and uh, like a slob. Not like a slob, a slob. Confidential documents, he said, all declassified. Trump's public variance from what his lawyers are saying is a problem inside the courtroom of his appointee, Judge Eileen Cannon. But as clueless and often childish as her conduct so far has been, there is something fascinating about her statement late Thursday that while she is not ruling on the Trump request for a special master to evaluate the possibility of executive privilege for some of those documents, she will enter a written order, quote, at some point. Every day the judge does nothing is, of course, positive inertia for the Justice Department because it can continue to build its case against Trump. The judge also said she may order that the Justice Department stop looking at the documents it reclaimed while allowing the intelligence services to continue to do so to assess damage to the national security. In other words, she may try to order something impossible, not just ordering that the toothpaste go back into the tube, but ordering that only some of the toothpaste has to go back into one of a series of tubes. It may be her way to respect the law while placating Trump. It would be better than, say, whatever Clarence Thomas would do. And of course, that blight on the history of mankind is back in the news now as well. It turns out his ex-cult member wife did not just email lawmakers in Arizona to erase the 2020 presidential vote there, but according to the Washington Post, she tried the same stunt in Wisconsin. Quote, please reflect on the awesome authority granted to you by our Constitution, she wrote to a Wisconsin state rep and to the Wisconsin State Senate Elections Committee chair. Ginny Thomas is a menace. She is one of the people Biden talked about last night. If Clarence Thomas were to publicly recuse himself from all political cases, he might find a way forward to remain on the Supreme Court. But he has not, and therefore he must not. Lastly, back to the Biden speech and something you may or may not have noticed until Biden himself brought it up. The fascists make much of his sometimes halting speeches, his coughs, his pauses. That he had to make a long and painful recovery from stuttering is never mentioned by them. They simply question his capacities. Last night, for nearly the length of that speech, a heckler repeatedly bellowed, F. Joe Biden. I didn't hear it. I didn't notice it until Biden himself said the creature was entitled to be outrageous, even if, quote, good manners is nothing they've ever suffered from. One wonders if a similar critic of Donald Trump, having gotten that close to El Duche in the middle of one of his presidential speeches of self-pity and shouting an identical message about F. Trump, would be hospitalized this morning. Or worse, and that is what Joe Biden was warning this country about last night. Still ahead on Countdown, it's Fridays with Thurber. This time, how to relax while broadcasting. Sports. The New York Yankees are breaking in a rookie tonight. He is 70 years old. And in worse persons, oh, oh, you think you want an edit button on Twitter. 
What could a crypto scammer do with an edit button on Twitter? What could a guy trying to change the betting odds of a sporting event do with an edit button on Twitter? Or worst of all, what could a politician do with an edit button on Twitter? That's next. This is Countdown. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Coming up, apparently Sarah Palin just found out that the Alaska House race that she lost was by ranked choice voting. Surprise! 
and he is in his 48th year in the pros. He's 70 years old, and tonight he breaks in as a rookie with the New York Yankees. All that ahead. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. Proverbs 1210 Rescue does wonderful work with dogs at risk in Nashville. They're usually upbeat with weekly adoption events, wonderful photos of cats and dogs, but now they are pleading for help. They are over capacity. They need adopters and fosters, but they also want to hammer home at the real problem. People are not spaying and neutering their dogs and cats, and it is essential and solves so much. In the interim, they are trying to find a home around there in Tennessee for a beagle named Ginger. She needs to be the lone dog in your home, but she loves people. Her only demands are a nice bed, some squirrels to watch, a place to sunbathe, and you. Find her at Proverbs1210rescue.org or look for my tweet about Ginger at Tom Jumbo Grumbo on Twitter. And thank you very much. Coming up on Countdown, you want a Twitter edit button? You want edits? You can't handle the Twitter edit button truth. Worst person's coming up. First postscripts to the news. Some headlines, some thoughts, some snark. Dateline Central Clinical Hospital, Moscow. Ravil Maganov, the head of Russia's Luke Oil, the big oil and gas firm there, who criticized the invasion of Ukraine, has died. He had a long illness, and he was hospitalized, and then he encountered the leading cause of death in Russia, an open sixth-floor window. Dateline Austin, the re-election campaign for Texas fascist Governor Greg Abbott has attacked his Democratic rival, Beto O'Rourke, for wanting the state to reconnect to the national power grid. Their pitch began, while the Texas grid has successfully dealt with record heat which ignores one minor detail. It did not successfully deal with record cold. Just two winters ago in February 2021, the Texas grid failed during three separate storms. Four and a half million Texas homes and businesses lost power. At least 246 Texans died, though estimates put the total of dead as high as 700. And Dateline Phoenix, Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich and fascist colleagues in Missouri and Texas have met privately to strategize multiple lawsuits to stop President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. Quoting him, anytime any president thinks they can unilaterally dismiss debt or transfer wealth from one group to another group, it's a huge power grab. Of course, it isn't a power grab at all. It's the same as bankruptcies or bailouts for large corporations, except canceling payments on interest does not transfer wealth to or from anybody. Now, the Republicans are already running to decrease voting, close some travel borders between the states, and institute slavery for pregnant women. So I guess also running against freeing Americans to spend their money within the consumer economy instead of on usurious debts from decades ago fits right in to the platform. This is SportsCenter. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, what was with the Tom Brady retirement, unretirement, then disconnection from the grid for 11 days during the training camp of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers business? The New York Post gossip column reports, so take this with a grain of salt. 
that Tom Brady's wife, Giselle Bunchen, has left their home in Florida to take a breather in Costa Rica. The Post source says Tom and Giselle are in a fight right now. They claim another source says there's been trouble in the marriage over his decision to unretire. Giselle has always been the one with the kids. Come on, Tom. Come on, Giselle. Grow up. This stuff is for children. You're both in your 70s now. And 43 years ago, when I broke into full-time broadcasting in network radio at UPI and RKO, one of my jobs was to find and assign stringers in almost every North American city that might host a major sporting event. I used to get paid to go in one day a week to this radio network and never go on the air that day just to sit there and call radio guys everywhere from Atlanta to Alaska to get them to go cover games for us, often for as little as $15, to get clips of interviews with the players after the games or to get their phoned-in reports of game results. St. Louis, always impossible to find a good stringer. Also Milwaukee for some reason. But we had lots of them in New York, some good, some bad, one of whom was named Howie Spira. Shortly thereafter, he went to jail when he tried to enable Yankee owner George Steinbrenner to try to blackmail Yankee superstar Dave Winfield. I always like to say that I once gave cash to Howard Spira. But one place we never had to worry was Indianapolis, Indiana. There was a guy there, always reliable for Indiana Pacers games or University of Indiana games or NCAA playoffs. His name was Howard Kelman, professional and proactive. He would often call in during the games and ask me about the post-game interviews he had yet to do. Anybody particularly you want? Howard grew up in Sheepshead Bay in Brooklyn, dreaming of becoming the voice of the New York Yankees. He is 70 now. He's done some big league play-by-play. He's been interviewed for a bunch of jobs, and he's done 46 years of the minor league team in Indianapolis. But he's never gotten a full-time major league gig, nor done a New York Yankees game on the radio. Until tonight. With their regular 84-year-old play-by-play man John Sterling getting extra time off, the Yankees radio play-by-play man tonight will be rookie Howard Kelman. It is almost certainly a one-shot deal, but as I once said to Kevin Seitzer after he grounded out in his first and only World Series at bat, in his last at bat before his already announced retirement, hey, stop complaining. You're in the book. Howard, you're also in the book. Still ahead, Fridays with Thurber, his classic real-to-life experience of the days when people dressed up in tuxedos to go on radio. How to relax while broadcasting. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze, good old Sarah Palin, whining about losing in Alaska because of this thing she evidently didn't know anything about, which may or may not be a good idea. But either way, it's been the law in Alaska since 2020, ranked choice voting. But of course, Sarah Palin has never accepted responsibility for anything in her life, and she is not going to start right now. When it comes down to second and third place votes, that's going to uh, decide who's, who's, who's going to win. I mean, really? Alaskans want Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi? 
Yeah, it's Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's fault that Alaska adopted ranked choice voting. The problem, of course, with what she said inside that drivel was that not only Mary Peltola get the most second and third place votes, Sarah, but she also got the most first place votes. Sarah Palin, throughout the years, throughout history, it will always be said of her, that woman is an idiot. The silver goes to the House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who uh, tried to preempt President Biden's pro-democracy speech last night. He announced, quote, the electric cord of... <laughs> Let me try this again. McCarthy announced the electric cord of liberty still sparks in our hearts. This is a man who knows... His wiring, the electric cord of liberty, still sparks in our... I think Benjamin Franklin said, the electric cord of liberty still sparks in our... Did you see that? It was in the Ken Burns documentary about the Civil War. The electric cord of liberty still sparks in our hearts. So everybody thought, oh my God, is this guy a moron? But he then added, quote, Joe Biden and a politicized Department of Justice launched a raid on the home of his top political rival, Donald Trump. That is an assault on democracy, end quote. Kevin McCarthy is a whore. He is a whore who would sell his children to keep Trump off his back. And he is a whore who would sell this democracy to become Speaker of the House. More than that... Kevin McCarthy is a $5 whore. But our winner, Twitter. You know the story by now. The demands and pleas and prayers began 16 years, 5 months, and 12 days ago, the day they started Twitter. And now your prayers have been answered. Twitter has confirmed it will institute an edit button. It's in the experimental stage after it's beta tested. They will charge you to use it but it will finally happen. And a mighty roar went up from the crowd. And you will atone. Everybody now saying, I'm so glad I've always wanted an edit button for my tweets. We'll know within weeks, maybe days, maybe hours. You have been praying for Pandora's box to open and you have gotten Pandora's box to open. Enjoy the sickness, death, and emotional curses from which you had been protected till now until you opened Twitter's edit button box. Oh, I know. You type were, and as you hit send, spell check changes it to we're. And you have just sent your many followers something that reads... We, we're wearing war wear, and you feel great shame. And now, for half an hour after you make that mistake, and at popular prices, you will be able to fix it. You'll be able to hit the Twitter edit button. Copying it, deleting it, correcting it, sending it again. Well, that's way too much work for you, isn't it? Using the almost flawless proofreading method for anything, read it out loud first. That's way too much work for you, too, huh? So instead, you have answered the siren's call. You want a Twitter edit button. An edit button which will now also go to every politician and political commentator who wants to change what they promised 22 minutes ago. An edit button which will now also go to every sports pundit making a prediction that goes immediately bad. An edit button which will now also go to everybody, everywhere, in every language who tweets something so stupid that within 29 minutes they have gone viral with a ratio of 35,748 replies, 1,000 retweets, and 11 likes. 
and within 30 minutes, they can completely erase whatever it was they wrote and apologize for it. An edit button, which will now also go to every evil bastard who uses Twitter to harass women or bully teenagers or threaten violence, and they can now do all that and then erase the evidence. Maybe, maybe you could proofread your tweets instead, or just live with your typos rather than hand the sleazebag community of Twitter impunity and immunity. Twitter for the Twitter edit button. Kill it! Kill it in the nest! Light the nest on fire! Twitter, today's worst persons in the world! Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150 Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome And if you think the fun stops there, the the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. To the number one story on the countdown, and it's Friday in the weekend edition, so that means a little more James Thurber for you. James Thurber had many full-time jobs. He was a street reporter for the Columbus Dispatch and later the New York Post, and he was an editor of The New Yorker long before he was a writer or cartoonist there. And people kept trying to make him into a radio star, leading to a short story which is, understandably, one of my favorites. A lot of it speaks of broadcasting in another world and, of course, another century. But it is amazing how much of what you will hear now is still true today. From the May 5th, 1934 edition of The New Yorker, how to Relax While Broadcasting by James Thurber. The evening I went up to the studios for my first radio broadcast, I got off by mistake at the 16th floor instead of the 17th. I decided not to wait for the elevator, but just run up the stairs to the 17th floor because elevators in broadcasting buildings are always crowded with small Italian musicians carrying cellos, and furthermore, when the up sign above the elevators in these buildings lights, the operator of the car that stops where you usually says, down! And before you can think, you find yourself on the first floor again without any way of getting back up because you surrendered your pass to the man at the desk in the lobby the first time you went up. I walked to a door on the 16th floor marked stairs and stepped out into a cold, dark staircase shaft and walked up one flight. I found that the door on that floor wouldn't open. It was after 7 o'clock in the evening, and the door had been officially locked. I hurried back down to the 16th floor and discovered that the door there had locked behind me, too. I began to beat on it and kick it. From far off, a faint voice came to me, finally saying, Cut that out! The only thing to do was walk down 15 flights to the main floor, which I did, but the door out into the lobby was also locked, and nobody answered my screams and poundings. Screaming and pounding is not radio, as the broadcasting people say. I went down into the basement, which was dark and gloomy, and hunted for the elevator shaft. I found it, but there was no bell to push, so I sat on an old chair until the car came down. The operator was surprised to see me and asked me for my pass. I told him I didn't have a pass. He thought a while and then asked if Mr. Heyman knew I was down there. I said, I, I didn't think so. He was pretty much alarmed by that, but he took me up to the 17th floor after warning me never to come down to the basement again without a pass. There was nobody on the 17th floor who understood my case although the people I talked to were patient and courteous. They said the 17th floor was entirely given over to the business department and had no studios or microphones. What I probably wanted was the 27th floor. 
up there, I found some people I had met before, but they were pretty busy and seemed to think it was the wrong night. I sat down in a chair, and presently a man came up to me and asked me if I was Mr. Totherer. I said I wasn't sure, and he said to follow him. I was shown into an office where there were some officials I knew and some friends of mine. One of the officials was denying a story somebody had been telling about a man who fell dead in front of the microphone. It seems he had merely had a stroke. In a little while, I was led in a solemn march to a small and lonely studio, heavily draped and silent. I took out a cigarette but saw a sign saying no smoking, so I put the cigarette away again. Some men in the glassed-in control room began to look at me. I could see their lips move, but I couldn't hear anything. A man tiptoed into the room where I was and shook hands with me and tiptoed out again. He never came back. I walked over to a regular microphone, such as I had talked over once or twice before and had got used to, but somebody led me away from that, said I was to talk over a table microphone because it would help me to relax. This turned out to be a table about the size of a card table with a microphone set innocently in its center, face up, more or less like an ashtray. Its studied simplicity caused me to tighten up slightly, and I mentioned this to a man. Be at your ease, he said. I stood over the table, grasped its edges firmly, and leaned down toward the microphone. Someone grasped me. No, no, he said. You, you just sit down at the table as if you were sitting in a chair at any table and talk. I sat down, trying to remember how I sit in a chair at a table, especially a card table at which nobody else is sitting. Relax, said someone with a note of command. I slumped back in the chair and placed on the table the papers I was going to use and began fussing with them. Shh, somebody hissed. Don't rustle them. This is a very highly sensitized mic, which picks up every slightest sound. It would sound like a, a waterfall if you rustled them. I began to drum my fingers on the tabletop, but a courteous official put his hand on mine and stopped that. Tapping would sound like cavalry crossing a bridge to your listeners, he explained. Just take it easy. I leaned back in my chair and adjusted my tie, doubtless giving the effect of someone trying to take a leather belt away from a bulldog. In a moment, an announcer came in and said we were all ready to go. Okay, I said, standing up. Let's get out. He smiled with calm assurance and said no. He meant that we were about to start the program. Everybody but him tiptoed out of the room. I sat down at the table again. I could see them all watching me from the control room. Somebody in there raised his hand sharply and let it drop sharply. I expected to hear the faint hiss of lethal gas escaping into the chamber, but instead the announcer started to talk. I creaked nervously in the chair at this, and the listeners heard, along with his calm announcement, the sound of a, a buckboard falling over a cliff. Finally, he pointed a finger at me. I sat bolt up and began to talk to the ashtray. When it was all over, everybody tiptoed whisperingly into the room and congratulated me on being only five seconds too slow. Not bad for a beginner. The record is one five hundredth of a second. 
I got up and started out of the room, but a man followed me and took me by the arm. Where are you going, he asked. Let's all go out and get a drink, I said. But you haven't got time, he said. All this has just been the rehearsal. I must have tightened up horribly at that, for he said soothingly, Take it easy. You got plenty of time to relax in. He looked at his wristwatch. You got four minutes. How to Relax While Broadcasting by James Thurber. I've done all the damage I can do here. If you're listening, do me a favor. Give this a good review or rating or whatever the kids do today. Just lie and say it was good. The Countdown theme from Beethoven's Ninth, arranged, produced, and performed by Countdown musical directors Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. The other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. Our sports music, the Olbermann ESPN2 theme, written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc., Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was my friend, Richard Lewis. That's Countdown for this, the 604th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Hey, it's a holiday weekend, so I'm going to take Monday off, except in the event of emergencies. Relax, you have plenty of time. So it's a new episode Tuesday or Monday if there's an emergency. Till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long. 
which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.